I'm doing a story on uh, how transparent the the weed industry is in Washington State because they just have a lot of transparency laws. And I had a, a nightmare last night about like going there, reporting at some like farm weed farm, and then having an anxiety attack because like they wanted to they want me to get high, and I want to be like a good reporter. Welcome to Noah Kagan presents. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Mr. Still Your Pennies, a.k.a. Rabbi Can Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I wanted to share how hiring an NPR producer changed my podcast forever and how it can help you dramatically in all of your content creations. NPR makes eight out of the top 10 podcasts. It's insane. And I learned three major things that I'm going to share with you today. Number one, how to hook your listeners. Number two, why editing is king. And number three, how to create a real narrative for your work and closing out what you make. Before I begin, here's a message from our sponsor, Squarespace. Psych! Just kidding. Before I begin, I wanted to tell you who the NPR producer is. His name's Nick. He's worked with NPR for over three and a half years. He's done night shifts, morning shifts. He's put in the time and the tips and things that he's been able to share with us are amazing. So he's definitely paid his dues and I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Enjoy. If you don't hook people in like the first minute, you're screwed. The first couple minutes, like those are extremely crucial. If you think about watching TV, right? You're flipping the channels. If something doesn't catch your eye in the first three seconds, you're gone. One of your keys is going to be like getting that top, just compact, telling people exactly what they're going to get and not going at it at an angle. I want you to consider using something that we like to call tease tape, right? You're going to say, this is what I'm going to do in this show. Here's three things you're going to learn or three stories we're going to tell on this. Give people a flavor of like the joy that is to come. I think that would be a value add. I think people would like that. Something we've learned at Planet Money is the key is we want just to epitomize delight and we want to maximize delight because we found that people are really interested in when we're delighted, when we're laughing, when we're having a good time, when there's funny jokes. So if you bring some of that stuff into the top with your tease tape, I think people will be more likely to stick around. That's like, yo, here's a funny line. Have that in the beginning and then just hook them just really straight up. Yes, exactly. Don't go at it at an angle. Don't do a fake out. Nobody likes being faked out. And in organizing your hook, there's one key rule you must follow. I want to emphasize for you the power of the rule of threes. People love things that come in threes. I don't know why it is, but it is a maxim in journalism. And as as much as you can, I want you to structure your shows around the rule of three, a top and the rule of three. You'll notice we do this a lot at Planet Money. We have the top, which is sort of narrative, right? And then we do sort of three chapters. I'm, I'm here to say that the rule of threes is, is your friend and use it as much as possible. Nick, can you tell us a bit more how to expand your audience and even more ways to better structure shows and content? I'm here to encourage you to, as much as possible, show your vulnerability. If you're going to expand your audience, you can't go on your reputation alone. You have a, you have a wonderful reputation, but if you, if you want more people to listen, right, you got to show people this is a guy just like me. He makes mistakes, and here's the lessons he learns from them. And if you follow that structure with a beginning, middle, and end of each story, 
here's, a, here's how it started. I remember I was sitting here when it happened. Somebody called me. They told me this. I said, oh, my God, this is a crazy challenge. And then this is how I solved it. And here's what I learned from it. That is the gold of narrative, right? You, you want to open doors and you want to close them. You got to be more relatable if you want to get into the hundreds of thousands of downloads. People relate to stories of finding challenges and overcoming them, right? That, that is our bread and butter. That is what human society is built off of. Sorry to get corny on you. There's a niche market for people like talking about their businesses in abstract terms and talking about uh, productivity in abstract terms. But if you want to hook people, you tell them a story. And so in this episode that we're talking about right now, behind the scenes of a six-figure online business, there were a lot of times that you were talking with your buddy. I forget his name right now. What's his name? Neville. Neville. And you're like, I want to start at the beginning, but I, first I'm going to go here, right? I want to start at the beginning, but first I'm going to go here. And I kept being like, no, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Ask him, where were you when you figured this stuff all out? Or where were you when you started this? Great interviewers are like, tell us about the beginning. And that's always like really satisfying. Like if you're trying to do a sort of uh, how I built this sort of like talking to industry leaders about how they made something cool, you got to start at the beginning. You got to say, okay, then what happened? Then what happened? Then what happened? The question I ask the most in interviews is then what happened? Because that just leads to a natural narrative. Setting up your hook is important, but the next thing you have to do is very critical to the success of all content creation. So I'm here to tell you that you're going to want to make these things shorter. And probably the way you're going to make these things shorter is by doing editing, which takes a long time. But you can just cut out like large swaths of, of the podcast. There was like one or two times the podcast where you were like, do you think people find this interesting? I don't know, but we're going to, maybe we're going to cut this. If you have that instinct, cut it out. That's a good instinct. Because if you think it's boring and you're talking about it with one of your best buds about it, other people definitely might think it's boring. I work for an extremely highly produced podcast, right? Like we gather probably 10 hours of tape for every episode and a total of like three minutes of tape makes it into that episode. It takes a long time. You know, a correspondent just traveled to India for three weeks and it's, she's going to take three weeks writing. Other times we take a day to do it if it's a big group show, but it takes a ton of time. That is to say that like, it's a lot of work to make a top 10 podcast. In this section, we discuss podcast number 13 and number 14 with Neville about how to start a six figure business. We talk about focusing on just the essentials. At 4242, okay. you finally get to there, but when you were working with him and you did the font thing, right? But I loved that. That was wonderful tape. It was a little too long, in my opinion. You didn't have to read the whole email. I got it. I think your point is like, take the great stuff and just show that. Take the great stuff and just show that. And don't be afraid of just cutting whole sections out and just dropping a line of tracking, as we call it, in between it, right? What do you mean by that? Tracking is just like you come back in like the intro and just say, uh, the next thing we, so we talked a little bit for this, and then the next thing we talked about is this. I think when he talks about his journey from be, being an $80 an hour consultant to a $600 an hour consultant, I think there was so much gold in there, right? Like there were lots of lessons that like anybody can take. But make sure to ask him when he tells you those awesome tips, like, 
How did you figure that out? Do you remember the first time that you like figured out how to do that? I work in this industry and I can barely find time to listen to podcasts. And you're up against Marin Interview Gold. You're up against, you know, Tim Ferriss. You're up against like all these people. Every fucking dude in the world has a podcast right now. And like you're competing against all of that. So like the as as tight as you can make it, the better. And probably some of that comes from editing and some of that leaves comes from leaving a lot on the cutting room floor, right? I used to work at Morning Edition and I would cut, you know, 40-minute interviews down to four and a half minutes every day. What I'm trying to tell you here is that good tape is hard to get, and we call it getting good tape. And that's because you have to really coach the people you're interviewing. It, it may seem weird. It may seem unethical in some weird sense. But like when I do these interviews, I tell people, that's great. I need you to tell it again in a clearer way. I need you to tell it to me again for the, for the layman a term we use like when we're talking to technical people is we say, tell it to me like you're talking to me at the bar, right? I think that's actually really good feedback where it's it's lazy and it's easier just like, hey, let's do a call. All right, we'll cut out the ums and the likes and the flopping. Uh, but if we actually made it a narrative, cut it down to like 20 minutes, be like, hey, Neville had this amazing adventure. Here are three things I learned from it. I can't wait to share from you. Have a hook with his him saying maybe the Kernis thing in the beginning. Yeah. Tell the three things you're going to learn. Go to the three things, close it out. What a great show. This is sponsored by NPR, blah, blah, blah. Have a great day. Ah. Please donate money. We're broke. <laughs> that's, the, that's the structure that I would suggest. But it's like a ton of work, right? Start off by getting down to 40, right? For your yeah. interview things. And then do a gut check. Have somebody who you trust, like Neville, listen and say, tell me where you're getting bored. I'm going to try to cut those out. I do think that there could be four sections or five potentially if it's amazing. But if I had to be real sure. with myself and I listened to the episode again, I'm like, okay, that was super good. Like I know listening to me talk about the, like the uh, Kernis font email was hysterical. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well how many of those were really impactful? And then I think your point though, which is really interesting is like anything that's not really impactful, like, yeah, it's good, but it, no one's going to keep listening at that point. And some will, and they're the super fans, but the 90% who are the non fans yet, they're not going to be there if I add in those things. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's good feedback. One of the most important things with editing is audio quality. So we talk about transom.org, T-R-A-N-S-O-M.org, which is a great resource for it, as well as trint.com, which is an amazing transcription service I use and a bunch more in this editing section. I told you about trend.com. I think like 10 bucks per recorded hour will transcribe your stuff. I highly recommend it. We used to pay people 60 bucks an hour of recorded stuff to transcribe our tape, right? Or we used to ask our intern to do it, right? And like, this has just changed things. It's made us so much more efficient. It's terrific. I cannot recommend it highly enough. There's too many podcasts out there that are just two dudes sitting around some microphones. If I can actually learn and understand and, and master the structure, then that's something that like I can pay dividends for myself, just creating amazing content uh, for this and everything in the future. So like you can learn all this for free on transom.org. One thing that we do when we're on the road is we like put a blanket over your, our heads when we're tracking and it just sounds like a studio, right? When you are doing an interview, there's no way you're going to put a comforter over your head to, to record that. That would be insane. Your, your friends 
and guests would think you're crazy. <laughs> but, um, I mean, just like avoid rooms with hard surfaces, avoid big echoey rooms, obviously. If you go in a corner, sort of, is a good trick. Like sit on a couch is nice. Again, I don't know if people care about sound quality. They do. Part I was me, actually shocked about that. When I first made the first, if you look at my first five episodes, like no one even cared what I said. There was like, hey, the audio sucks. That's going to be a problem as you start booking guests that are not local, right? I don't know if you've booked many guests that are like in the Valley or something like that. Some of these people, Juno Diaz, like lives in what, the Bronx or something like that. Sound quality gets pretty hard uh, when you are doing it remotely. So you want me to tell you how we deal with that? We pay a lot of money. We pay studios all across the country to either record ourselves or make a connection with us on something either called ISDN or there's various IP connections that you can do. And like studios charge up to 150 sometimes $200 an hour for that. We also pay engineers to go to the person's office. That person will talk to me on the phone I'll be in a studio in New York. So when you do like the hotel room interview, what do you do? I have a little recording device and I have um, a directional microphone, otherwise known as a shotgun mic. So that just means that it points in one single direction and you have to wear headphones and make sure that it's pointing right at the right place in the person's mouth. And I just like my, my main note about that is just always wear headphones. That's the producer rule is if you're not wearing headphones, something can go terribly wrong. But if you're wearing headphones, you, you can hear how things sound, right? But I've done plenty of interviews in hotels though. So I can give you advice, shut the shades, turn off the air conditioner, turn off the computers, turn off everybody's phones, go in a corner, sit on couches if possible. Like you probably have like tabletop mic stands. So that's a little harder. I like go in there with a a handheld microphone that has, this is something you got to be careful of. The handheld microphone has a lot of mic noise isolations. If you want to look up a pistol grip, for instance, I prefer to control the environment. But in the last part, we talk about one of the most important things, which is signposting, aka what I'm doing now, and mastering the narrative. How do you actually close the story? So stay tuned to hear what happens. Yes, it was so clear to me that you were just like reading off an outline and trying to make your show based on that. No offense. Right. But like if what I want you to avoid is just like a list, an outline that's actually just a list of 30 things, right? Like you can put your indentations in an outline, but unless there's clear structure to it that you're, that you're telling people with signposting. Yeah. If it's just like a list of like, here's what I learned and here's what I learned and here's what he said. And here's how I did this. And it just, it starts to sound monotonous. I think the, the big lesson is like, tell people what you're doing, right? What do you mean? Start out, you're going to start off your book reports by saying, this is a book that changed my life. There's three reasons. I'm going to stick to the rule of threes. There's three reasons this changed my life. One, two, three. And then at the beginning of each chapter, right? You're going to say, okay, what I'm going to tell you next, you're just going to be so explicit. You're going to say, okay, up next is this story about X, and here's why it's important. And then you're going to start telling the story. We are fighting for people's attention, though, right? People are listening to our shows 
when they're driving, when they're on the subway, when they're driving and there's two kids in the back of the car and they're screaming and there's an ambulance going by. We are at a war for people's attention. And the more you can tell people what you're doing and remind them what they're doing, the more they're going to be able to understand. So you'll notice in our episodes, we're always like, so that's the story of how this happened. Now it's going to get more interesting or something like that. That's what we call a signpost. We're telling people, I know you might have stopped listening for a little bit because I was rambling on there about monetary policy, but here's an important part of the story, right? Signposting. It's your friend. Okay. So is that kind of just like highlighting a segment of something like, hey, pay attention to this or what? Yeah. You're making the structure obvious, right? Okay. That's what it's doing. So it's highlighting a section, right? You're saying, okay, I just finished this one subject. You're going to say, and that's why I learned how to, that making a list is very important. But the next thing I learned from Chet, that was even more important, right? You're telling people, listen up, something important is going to happen. And people will be like, oh, I got to listen to this next thing, right? You just got to give people the ability to understand what you're doing. We, we have our outlines, but people won't understand what's behind it because audio is a very linear thing, right? You, it's really hard to back up and no one is ever going to back up. So you have to tell people, you have to hold their hand along the way. Again, you're not going to do the whole taco thing. You're going you're gonna to come at it straight or you can do the taco thing, but you're going to say, today's ep- hey, it's Noah, AKA, AKA, here's a, today's episode is about this book that changed my life. I learned from it one, two, three things. And then you're going to say, okay, let's start. And you're going to, as much as possible, tell these things in a narrative sense, beginning, middle, and end, personal, right? This is what we're always going to come back to. Tell things in a narrative sense, beginning, middle, and personal. Beginning opens up a challenge, solves the challenge, lesson, right? What you want to tell people is, I'm just going to say it a million times, beginning, challenge arises, you figure out a way to solve the challenge, lesson from that, right? Hold on, beginning as the challenge arises, what's the challenge? First there's a beginning. Just give someone like an anecdote, right? Like, I remember I was out there in Big Bend's National Park, and I was with my buddy, and I was like, just give them like a, a, a visual, right? I remember the exact moment I was like, aha, we, we love to talk about this thing called aha moments. And I, you'll see in my notes that I wrote aha moments a few times. And I was sitting with my buddy in Big Bend, and I, I remember exactly where I was. I was at the picnic table and I said, aha, you know what this is missing? This is missing an agenda. And so we wrote up an agenda and we solved the problem and we, it was a grand old time. And this is the lesson that I learned from that. There's no experience too authentic to tack an agenda onto it, right? That's sort of the lesson you learned from that, right? Okay. And you're really explicit here. You say, okay, so chapter one, agenda for meetings. Chapter two, follow up. Chapter three, be the hub. And then you start with the story again. Like that's your bread and butter, man. Like people, people will go bananas for that shit. Well, that was my first take at creating an NPR-like episode on the Noah Kagan Presents podcast. How you can create your own amazing content in the same format is using the same three principles. Number one, you gotta hook them. You've got a minute or less to really get someone's attention. Number two, 
edit the life out of the content you're creating. Really think, is this something that's bold? Is this something that's a golden nugget? Or if it's just fluff, cut the fat. And number three, you've got to have a strong overall narrative. So you got to hook them, have some type of challenge, three lessons learned or bullet points and wrap it up. And make sure that you're using a lot of personal stories and a lot of signposting, which I've done in this episode, so that you can make amazing content for yourself. Most importantly, I want you to take action. So here's the challenge for you today, ch-ch-ch-challenge. I want you to take action. So in your work, what can you cut out that's just okay? What is fat? What is that grizzle? What is just not great? Where do you get bored? And I want you, and the next time you're doing content or if you're doing something today, just cut all that out. Thanks for listening to the episode. I really want to know what you thought of this one because I did it in a different format. Please email me, noah at sumo.com or tweet me, N-O-A-H-K-A-G-A-N. I really want to know what you thought of this. Have a great day. What's your favorite fast food place? Uh